You're listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of SD Times. And now, here's Jenna Sargent, news editor of SD Times. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening in to another episode of What the Dev. This week, I had the pleasure of speaking with Torin Sandal, who is the VP of Open Source at Styra. Styra is the company behind the open source project Open Policy Agent, or OPA. OPA is a policy engine that was accepted into the CNCF sandbox in April 2018, promoted to incubation a year later, and then graduated earlier this year in February of 2021. I spoke with Torin about the process of moving OPA from Styra into the CNCF, what the process was like moving the project from sandbox incubation up through graduation, and he shared some advice for others looking to start that journey for their own projects. Now, here's Torin. So hi, Jenna. My name is Torin. I'm the VP of Open Source here at Styra. Um, I was one of the early uh, founding employees, uh, and I've been kind of like leading open policy agents since uh, since we created it. Um, so yeah, so that's just sort of me. Um, my background is mostly in um, you know, infrastructure and networking. Um, and these days, I'm just sort of focused on growing the open policy agent community as much as as much as possible. Um, so that's me, um, Styro. We are sort of the creators of Open Policy Agent, um, and you know we are basically um, out there to rethink and change the way companies manage authorization um, at scale um, in, in the enterprise. Great. It's nice to be talking with you. So I I kind of wanted to talk about the whole process of bringing OPA from its creation up through its recent graduation and kind of talk about what other open source developers can kind of learn from that process. So I guess to to start off, can you talk about like kind of the time period between creating OPA and then deciding to bring it into an organization like the CNCF? For sure, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so when we, um, when we started the project, um, you know, it was like basically, the, the, you know, we started the company in late 2015, uh, and then we started the project early 2016. Um, and at the time, um, there wasn't really an alternative out there uh, for, you know, expressing policy as code. Um, and so we, we felt like there was a, a need for that, um, given, given the space and what was happening at the time. Um, and uh, if you if you look at like that that problem space, um, what it really calls for uh, is for uh, a um, uh, you basically need a way to express um, very kind of complex rules that govern who can do what um, in in your systems or what can do what inside of your systems. Uh, and so you basically need a, a way of expressing um, logic and conditions and so on. And so this is basically like a language problem. Um, and so we felt that it was very important um, that that language be, um, be open source and something that many companies and many vendors could come to um, rely on and depend on. Um, and so the, the project itself has been open source since, since day one. Um, every commit has happened on GitHub. Um, you know, we, we, we basically, you know, built or we designed and built the project in, in the open. Um, and, and so, you know, we, we started the project in early 2016 um, and it, it, it takes a while for, 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 for projects, especially in the infrastructure space to, uh, to gain traction and to gain, to gain, to gain visibility. Um, so the first year or so of the project's life um, was mostly spent on kind of like you know, R&D, um, basically building out the language and like the core runtime and, and the APIs and stuff like that, um, as well as integrations with other projects in the, in the ecosystem. Because 
open policy agent or OPA, as we like to call it on its own, doesn't really do anything. Like you need to hook it up to other software um, in the world in order for it to have any kind of like impact. Uh, and so um, the first you know, year and a half or so was really spent, um, you know, just on the core R&D as well as like integrations to make it useful for people that want to um, express policies code and want to get better control over their over their systems. Um, and so over that over that you know first year and a half or so, um, we you know people kind of started coming along just kind of like organically, um, and and they started to kick the tires because they saw that um, this project was solving kind of like real problems that that existed out there um, in the kind of like cloud native space as it was starting to be called, um, and and so it started to gain a little bit of a little bit of momentum. Um, it wasn't until um, kind of like later in 2017 um, that the project really started to pick up speed. Um, we, we got a couple early adopters of the project. Um, uh, like for example, Netflix uh, picked up the project uh, to use it to enforce uh, microservice API authorization policies um, on, the, on their backend systems. Um, and that really helped um, you know, raise awareness for the project. Um, and so we did, you know, talks uh, at, at KubeCon in, in 2017, um, and right around then, um, you know, that that was sh shortly before we ended up donating the project to the CNCF. Um, and that that process was something that we kind of kicked off um, because we, we'd been talking to a lot of um, you know users or potential users, um, and and they wanted to they wanted to know what our plan were for the project. Like, was Styra going to try to um, you know retain ownership and control you know tight control over the project forever? Um, and that wasn't really our intention because what we wanted, we want wanted at the time, what we still want for OPA is for it to become this sort of de facto standard for expressing policy as code. And so that's why we made the the decision to donate it to uh, to the CNCF because the CNCF provides this like home for the project that's that's not tied to Styra. It's not it's not something that we control. You know, we don't actually own the project anymore. It's actually owned by the CNCF. Um, and so we think that that's extremely valuable for, for something like for, for, a, for a piece of technology um, like, like OPA. Um, it provides a vendor neutral home for the project that different companies can kind of like rally around and collaborate on, um, as well as a number of benefits to the, to the project itself. So when you donated it to the CNCF, were you always planning on like giving it to that specific organization or were there like um, a bunch of different ones that you were considering donating to and you decided CNCF kind of was the best fit and was there anything specific about the organization that made it a good fit? Um, we, we, uh, we, there are like other, other foundations, obviously. Um, we, we, we picked the CNCF because we felt like it was most closely aligned with, with our goals um, for, for OPA at the time. Um, we, we felt like the, the, the CNCF um, um, was hosting other projects that had similar kind of types of goals. Um, OPA itself is really like we view it as sort of like a building block for, for these kind of cloud native systems. Um, it's really intended to design. Uh, it's 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 designed to to like operate um, in in you know large, complex, ephemeral, dynamic environments um, that are that are that are characterized by these container-based um, platforms. And so, since a lot of the use cases that we saw people um, leveraging OPA for, and that we figured OPA would be continue to grow for. Um, were related to Kubernetes and 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 um, you know microservices and so on. We felt like it was it's sort of a natural um, home for the home for the project, and so we ended up um, going with them. When it first went into incubation, what was that transition like of it moving from Styra into being governed by CNCF as an incubating project? Yeah, so the the CNCF um, has as like a tiered 
kind of like program for, for projects. Um, at the time, OPA joined as what was called an inception project. They don't have that tier anymore. They actually renamed it to Sandbox um, um, while, we were, while we were going through the process. And so um, they have three stages. There's Sandbox, Incubating, and Graduated. And so when we joined, uh, we were originally basically a Sandbox level project. And um, the idea for the Sandbox, or Inception as they originally called it, was to basically act as like a, almost like a seed fund for open source projects. Um, so the idea was to um, have a place, have like an incubator basically for these projects that look promising, um, but that maybe they didn't have a ton of adoption, you know, yet, right? Um, so they had, you know, they had sound technology, um, they had like active maintainers, um, but they hadn't, um, you know, maybe put all the time and effort into aware raising awareness for the project, which any open source project that really wants to gain traction needs to do. Uh, and so that's that's where we started. Um, and the 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 requirements um, for that have changed a little bit over time. They've they've relaxed a little bit. At the time, you had to get. Um, you know, people within the CNCF that are part of the TOC to basically sign off and sponsor the project. And so we went through that process, um, and it was it was just a you know, it took a, took a month or a couple months. You know, you you basically apply. Um, you know, you write up descriptions of your project. You um, you demonstrate that you're adhering to certain best practices, um, and then and then basically you know you make a presentation and 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 then they vote on it. And so the project was accepted in. Um, it was. I think it officially went through in like in like March of 2018, um, and then um, over the next year, um, as OPA's um, adoption grew, uh, as we kind of like put more and more uh, emphasis into awareness and you know conference talks and blog posts and so on, and basically you know marketing the project, um, adoption grew, uh, and so then in 2019, uh, the project was. Um, uh, promoted to incubation, um, it's just based on the based on the growth that, that everybody was seeing uh, in terms of like end user adoption of the of the project, um, and so then and then eventually uh, earlier this year um, the project was eventually graduated or promoted to graduation. Um, so the, and so those, those stages they they basically represent um, you know just maturity of of of, of projects right um, how how um, how widely adopted they are by by end users um, how broad the contributor base is. Um, you know, the level of uh, adherence to different kind of like software engineering best practices and, and, and so on. So moving from that, um, like the sandbox to the incubation to graduation, is that mainly um, a measure of like adoption, like you said, or are there other factors that um, kind of progress a project through those steps? It's a, yeah, so it's, it, it, it doesn't, like projects don't have to um, progress necessarily, like it's fine to stay within within a particular tier. As long as the project is is you know healthy um, and and kind of continuing to, to develop, then it then it can kind of continue to stay at a, at a particular tier. I mean, obviously, projects want to progress um, through through the tiers over time, um, and and the way that that's the way that, that that's that's done is basically by just demonstrating you know broader you know more more adoption, um, uh, but also other things. Um, you know, you, you want to be able to demonstrate that you have a, a broad contributor base. Um, one of the one of the sort of principles behind uh, CNCF uh, is is that we want to avoid um, you know single vendor control over open source projects, um, right? We we don't want to have um, you know foundational projects that are relied on by hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of companies to be com tightly controlled by a single single vendor, right? Um, that obviously brings um, uh, challenges for, for for users, right? Um, and so, um, one of the requirements for 
uh, graduation is that you have um, you know contributors from like significant contributions from multiple organizations, right? So that you can demonstrate that it's not just one company that's controlling tightly controlling the direction of the project. And there's there's different ways that you can achieve that. Um, I think that. Uh, like well, well, when we were going through the process, it was mostly around um, you know actual code contributions to the project, right? Um, but I think that one thing that we're seeing now is 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 in, which I think is interesting is this idea, like having ideas of um, uh, you know steering committees basically or end user steering committees for projects where um, you know if if a project is very promising, if the technology is sound, um, if it if it's usable, if it's scalable, if it's performant, if it's reliable, if it's secure, um, as long as there's some kind of like body that can ensure that a single vendor isn't com completely controlling it, then that, then that, then that will work as well. Right. So if you can set up some sort of like end user steering committee, then I think that that's, that's a really, um, really powerful, um, you know, process basically for projects. Um, so it, it's largely around contribution and, and adoption. Uh, but then there are also other, other criteria. Um, uh, there's the, the core infrastructure initiative, which is basically a, um, uh, a, a checklist that helps projects um, kind of like you know introspect and look at the, the processes that they apply to development of the, the project itself right and like what what they're um, whether they're adhering to you know you know modern software engineering best practices when it comes to um, you know code cleanliness and dependency management and security and and so on um, and so um, you know, it, it, it's sort of like a more technical kind of like set of criteria that you have to have to meet um, in order to, in order to progress. Yeah, it's interesting. You mentioned this idea of like um, wanting not wanting a single vendor to be in control and having contributors from all sorts of different organizations and also this idea of like steering committees. Um, so like with all this um, kind of extra stuff, like making it more um, like community driven. How does it differ now being a graduated project versus like when it was just at Styra in the beginning? Um, you know, that's a good question. I think that, you know, I mean, like from my perspective, graduation is sort of like a, it, it's, it's like a reflection of where the project was, you know, several months earlier almost, right? Um, it, it, it's like once, once you uh, can can just check off those those boxes on the process, um, you know the, the the project becomes graduated, right? That's one of the things that I really like about the CNCF and, and, and the foundation is that um, you know it's 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 quite transparent, right? It's not like there's a bunch of like um, you know hidden rules or you know and so on that are they're like governing the project, right? Everything is in the open. Um, it, it's it's in GitHub issues and, and on mailing lists. Uh, and on meetings that anybody can attend, um, and so um, I, I, I wouldn't say that the that the prod like since we've been part of the CNCF for 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 over three years now, um, and since the project was really developed in the open from the beginning, um, things haven't changed um, too 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 much on on the sort of like day to day or or even the, the long term kind of vision for the project itself. Um, obviously, we do see um, you know over time we we see more and more. Kind of contribution from from you know individual contributors uh, that are that are using the project, and so that's been um, fun fun to manage and fun to scale. It's always it's always nice when um, you know you someone comes along uh, because they've been um, 
you know, interacting with CNCF and then they, they come along and they get excited about a project because it scratches a niche that they have. And then you can um, kind of like help them ramp up and, and, you know, begin to make, you know, productive contributions. It's, 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 as a maintainer, it's, it's, um, it's very rewarding. After having gone through this process with OPA, do you have any advice for open source developers or maintainers who are starting to begin this journey of like bringing a project into a foundation um, at like the sandbox level and then eventually like leading it through graduation status? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that the, the CNCF provides a ton of value for projects in terms of um, you know, marketing and awareness. Um, it's, 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 it's tremendously valuable to have, have their support there. Um, they also provide a lot of support when it comes to uh, like intellectual property um, and, and governance, right? A lot, of, a lot of the time, you know, marketing and IP and, and governance aren't things that, that developers, um, you know, think about on a, on, a, on a regular basis, right? And so it's really useful to have, have an organization that you can kind of like rely on uh, for support or advice um, when, when the time comes. It might not be something you need, you know, on day one, but if the project grows, if you have, you know, um, a broad, diverse set of contributors, um, you know, participating in the project, then, then, it, then it becomes very, very useful. Um, I think that, um, you know, uh, in terms of advice, um, it's, it's, it, it, it's, a, it's a pretty transparent process, right? So that, that's one of the things that I like about it is that there's not a lot of, um, uh, like stress involved, right? Like, you, like the, the the rules are written down; <laughs> they're in the open. Um, there's not a lot of uh, magic there, really. It's not like you, there's not a bunch of like backdoor meetings or anything that have to happen. You know, you can you can do all of this in the open, which makes it very um, uh, stress free. I would I would say. Um, and in terms of advice or, or specific advice, I guess I would just say like you know you don't have to necessarily like rush things. Um, you know, things things take time. People need to. Um, you know, they need to ramp up and understand what your project is doing and they need to um, understand where you're coming from and what you're trying to solve. And sometimes that that take that process takes a little bit longer than you might hope for or expect. But, you know, in the end, things generally, um, you know, progress and, and work out. And so, you know, just be patient and work through the processes and, and things will kind of like, you know, unfold as, as you want. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that, that all makes sense. Um, well, thank you so much for, for taking the time to talk to me today. I think a lot of developers um, and a lot of people that are interested in open source will kind of find this interesting, like going through that, um, like what the process is like if they haven't um, gone through it themselves. So I think this is an interesting conversation. Thanks, Jenna. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thanks again for listening to What the Dev. We'll be back again next week for a new episode of the podcast. Bye.